Just know. I, I told him immediately. I'm like, I'm not. First things first. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna go upstairs. Tell my sister that there are two men in uniform waiting for you. I'm not doing it. Yeah. If anybody's getting arrested, it's probably gonna be me. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing. And the second is like for a piece of carton that wasn't on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It was inside the thing. Yeah, but it was yeah. sticking out. <laughs> they have nothing to do, man. They're and no. then they can show the boss, look, we did something. We get it you know what's well. worse? Uh-huh. They get paid more than the police. Really? Yeah, they get more because their work is more hazardous than the police work. Mm. I said, I believe you because I want to kick your teeth in right now. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of just, every single part of me just uh, wants to end your life. It's, okay. oh, man. Uh, it's, uh, that. But that, coming back to what we said... Mm-hmm then I understand mm-hmm. that if you're trying to build a business, you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about all the other things, because if Microsoft is greedy, yeah, sure, it mm-hmm. can be greedy, but they're building towards the technical revolution that might take us to space, mm-hmm. that might take us even further than Mars and everything like that, and they're like, taxes? Mm-hmm. Fuck this shit. Yeah. Well, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I'm just, but I, I, I still think like, if the average Joe has to pay, then the guy with more money should also pay. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. they should pay berserk amounts, but still pay. And not because they have more money, so they can get like like help uh, dodging the way of, of uh, uh, the tax roads, you know, not, not pay taxes just because they have better schemes, they're better equipped, they have better people backing them and telling them exactly, you know, you put it in the Caymans and then uh, nothing comes Nothing can to happen you. to you. Yeah, and uh, then everybody should do that, you know. Everybody should be able to go to the Caymans, but only people with money can do that. So it's it's kind of a, you know. Yeah, but that also gives us the following, which is what I heard. If we, if we take in consideration, okay, I started recording already, uh-huh. so this is already up there. If there's anything we say that we shouldn't have said, any kind of extremely racist thing or extremely <laughs> horrible gay bashing thing, which we never do, by the no. way. You can check all no, the episodes we said. No, why would we? I, I've cut everything out. <laughs> 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 no, whatever, whatever there might be uh, that is not in any kind of slightest way mm-hmm. kosher, let's mm-hmm. say like that, mm-hmm. uh, then it will get cut out okay. and it will get an hour. The, the idea is to also make jokes, have fun, but exactly. uh, if, and, um, but the chance of going viral is bigger. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Because I have a lot of shit to say. No. Uh, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, for everybody that's listening in this uh, sweet introduction we were having right now about uh, taxes and all these problems. Uh, today I have with me Yuri. And now the last name has been always a trivial question for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always said Vermkes. Yes. I got it right. Yeah. yeah. I got it right, man. Ah, Yuri Vermkes. And it now is. I know Yuri from uh, ATC and I've seen him teach amazing things in Jiu Jitsu. And after checking around and doing a little bit of back search on him through other people a, while, a, little, a little while ago, this man has been fighting forever. This man has been teaching fighting, has been doing MMA forever. The knowledge base he has in his brain is insane. It's one of the biggest ever. So, of course, I invited him to sit down because I want to be able to nerd out about the the MMA and fighting stuff that we both love. Mm -hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Yuri today. And uh, how long have you been in Amsterdam? Is that your whole whole life? life? Yeah. Born here, born, born, born and raised, raised in Amsterdam. Yep. yep. Oh yep. my God. Yep. My mother's from Harlem, and my dad. I don't know, but that's kind of good because 
I really don't know where he is. So yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I know he's Dutch. Uh, that much I do know. But no, man, my uh, my grandparents were uh, well, well. The part of my father's grandparents were from Friesland. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the other ones just uh, Harlem, and then uh, Amsterdam. After that, from the sixties or fifties, I think. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, Amsterdam based always, man. Yeah, always, always. Yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You um, always also in in the Netherlands when you're living in the Netherlands, always continuously in Amsterdam, moving around, or you had your own place, always stay there, and that's it. No, I was always I I, uh, I moved around, but always in Amsterdam. So I I was born in the old South. Yeah, dirty south, dirty <laughs> south. <laughs> and um, then when I got my own place, I went to the east side. Mm -hmm. That's where I started. Uh, after I had to move from the east, I went to Centrum. Um, uh, it's uh, Marningstraat. Yeah. And then from Marningstraat, I went to Hoogtekadijk. Yeah. And from Hoogtekadijk, I went to Messina Straat in uh, Seeburg. And now I live uh, in uh, by Gasper Plus, man, southeast. All right. Southeast, yeah, yeah. So I've been all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it is uh, <laughs> a lifetime in Amsterdam. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. I do you still it. love it? Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. I, I, I just when I, you know, when I take a vacation, I really like uh, breaking the norm in the in the in the form of. And not having all the crowds around you and but where i live right now it's mm. because it's, i live in a park there are no cars they're allowed unless they have like a permit yeah so it's so quiet you know oh, i used to grow nice. up next to Vondel park where six thousand skiers might run you over as you try to cross <laughs> but where i live now it's like even in the summer if there's like 10 people on a field it's busy oh wow that's amazing yeah. and and I think because it's in the southeast, people feel like, oh, southeast, no, we don't want to go there. That's Balmer. You know? Oh, is, it, is that considered a bad neighborhood? Yeah, 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 Balmer is considered, uh, I think, quote unquote, ghetto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think it's the nicest neighborhood because it's the most green and it's the, it's, it's the, the most spacious. Okay. You know? So for me, Growing, being all over Amsterdam, this is, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else where I'm That's right great now. advertisement. Yeah. Ghetto yeah. and green. Ghetto and green. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I love yeah. it. Did it, did it. Did it change a lot? Like, did Amsterdam change a lot in the in this time? Because you stayed here this whole time and then you can say like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, it definitely did. Better or worse? I think it just went along with the time, man. Hmm. I think it's... Uh, if, if you look at, at like when I was like a juvenile because I I, I was raised by my delinquent mom. or just juvenile no, 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 just, just juvenile <laughs> I mean I mean just like when I was young I I, I, I basically I raised myself because my dad wasn't there and my mom was like always working so oh, when yeah. I come home from school there would be a note like hey I'll be at home at 11 and, and here's two two guilders to mm -hmm. go get a fries and that's your dinner and yeah. that was basically uh, how it went and I really got used to that. So I started going out when I was like 13 yeah. until uh, like seven in the morning yeah. and like six days a week. Only Monday we didn't go out. The rest of the week was like weekend for us. And uh, even criminal things, you know, like like uh, when you're really young and, and 
uh, my my friends would steal like a motorcycle or a scooter. Yeah. yeah. If if you steal a scooter now, you you I think the chance of getting caught is a lot bigger because they would literally uh, my friends would literally steal a scooter. Uh, with locks and everything, pick it up, carry it home for like three hours, just carry it, <laughs> just walk it all the way home, and then just carry it up the stairs and then just open it with a hammer and patience. You know, just, yeah, just hitting the lock till it broke. And then they had like a scooter. And then and, and I, love that, I love that the only thing you need in life is hammer and patience and you can get into anything. <laughs> exactly. And that's what they did, you know. And I'm like, man, just. I don't see anybody walking the street now carrying a scooter with a lock around it for yeah. like three hours without police being, excuse me, sir, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a problem with your key, you know? Yeah, or something like so, that. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it changed a lot, but um, it integrated a lot, um, a lot more cultures. We have like 178 different nationalities. I can't even name 178 different, different nationalities. nationalities. So uh, I, I like the fact that it's uh, multicultural and uh, yeah, I think that's just a plus, you know. But uh, a lot of things also change for, um, for the worse because yeah. uh, it used to be a lot more free. Like now they want to get rid of coffee shops. Like really? I mean, it's been around since the sixties. That's what Amsterdam is wanna... known for. That's literally one of yeah, the things that and it's you're killing on. your your tourist market because you know how many tourists are coming to Amsterdam. Purely for that. weed. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I used to work in coffee shops for a long time, and yeah, so many tourists just come here from all ranks of life. You know, just to mm. experience Amsterdam, not just the museums, but you know, just the whole shebang. So. Yeah, if you're gonna take that away, it's uh, yeah, it's it's part of Amsterdam. So I think it's a shame if they do that. You know, I hope they don't. I hope they maintain that old. They want to get rid of prostitution as well. They want to get rid of it, and and they say yeah, I, it's 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 uh, detrimental to women. And but it actually was founded so that women would never have to go hungry. That it's being exploited by men who who then yeah. abuse them. That's a very sad part of it. But it's actually founded so that women would never have to go hungry, that they will always have a way to make money, even There's if it's a way you really don't want to go, you know? But now they want to get rid of that totally because it's like women are just being randomly put behind the window even if, if, if they, they want to be there. Yeah, exactly, you know? So but, that's okay. sad. And then on the other hand, to combat that, you need more control and everything. What, yeah. what I hear a lot from especially people that have lived their whole lives in Amsterdam is mm -hmm. like they miss the old Amsterdam because mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of lost a little bit of its neighborly the real, the real people who the Amsterdam natives don't live in Amsterdam anymore they're they done with to, it no they went to Permarent or Almere or yeah. um, they made it so that they the, the places that used to be like Volker uh, places where just just uh, common people lived yeah. like like the Jordan yeah. was really like for the common folk yeah. now it's like uh, yuppie hippie stuff if you can buy a house there you got ka-ching-ching -ching. Yeah. and it used to be like fun wow I don't really have a lot of money so I live there but they just the rents and everything went so up that people they, they couldn't afford it so it just basically pushed out of their houses you no, know wow. so yeah that's that's if you go to Permarent that's like only people from Amsterdam live there. They live there now, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I have, my uncle has also been living here for though, his whole life. For mm -hmm. his whole... I don't know. He's, he's going to be... He's getting older now. He's uh, 65, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful guy. Beautiful Amsterdammer. 
like a truly truly like a, a different breed of people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just free in his head free in his life and mm -hmm. everything like that and uh, yeah, he says like yeah, it's changing he likes he likes his neighborhood mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. um loves it but he says like it's changed it's changed a lot and i miss i miss the neighborly stuff of walking around and saying good morning to everybody and mm -hmm. uh, being like uh, that's more normal but now there's and so many young people exactly the, you, what you just pointed out yeah. everybody's saying good morning that's in the neighborhood where i live now when we went to look for a house there yeah. we didn't even live there yet we just walking we said hey let's see what the neighborhood looks like and we walked around the, the yeah. basically the block but actually the lake we came past like six or seven people they all said good morning to us people yeah. we've never seen and usually i'm used to <clears throat> people being too arrogant even if you've lived in the same block for like 10 years yeah. to even say hi even lift their head so up. we were like wow this really feels good you know to yeah. just to live here because it's like uh yeah a closed community you know close community yeah and yeah that's what i really like i think that that makes you feel at home you know and i really mm. yeah i really love that from where i live now man that everybody's like hi good morning how are you and you don't have to have a whole conversation with someone but just just say hi just be cordial just be you know it's it's human it's it's nice be decent and and you don't yeah it's it's hard to find nowadays yeah and it's i had to go all the way to southeast to find it <laughs> it's getting pushed out further yeah. south and further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey before you know it you're with us in brazil yeah <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't sound pushing. too bad though. <laughs> I, I i ask this because i'm like I remember the stories coming from my father and from my uh, grandfather and from my uncle, especially where they're saying like, yeah. And at that time they were funny enough, funny enough. They were both training mm -hmm. uh, in the Foss gym when it started up and it was in the market. I forget the name of the mm -hmm. street. What's the name of the famous market? Uh, Albert Cab. Wasn't Foss gym there for a certain time or I can I, I have this on? or in that area maybe i don't know yeah i know it was it was in the centrum i've never really been there i know it was like uh yeah i've never really been to Foss gym i know of it and i know a lot of people train there and i know who the trainers are and i know all the top a fighters from there who or some of them who i met but i've never really been to Foss gym i have to be honest like mm -hmm. majiro i've walked past it i've never been inside i know where it is but no no, I've no. never been there. No, he did talks about a lot of uh, how it was back then mm -hmm. with all that fighting and mm -hmm. everything. And that. And how was mm -hmm. how was how was where did when did the fighting start in your in your life? When the when did the martial arts start in your life? Uh, martial arts. Uh, well, when I was when I was small, I used to get uh, also because my uh, dad wasn't in my life. I used to get beat up at school a lot. So uh, my uh, my mom got like a private instructor for me for kung fu. To teach me how to defend oh, myself yeah but it doesn't sound like it, it sounds greater than it was <laughs> because basically what it what it what it came down to was me getting my ass whooped at school and then coming home and getting my ass whooped some more by the instructor <laughs> so he was like yeah but you gotta toughen up i was like yeah but i just went through this shit all day so now <laughs> you're gonna beat me up so i get beat up by kids now i'm gonna get beat up by an adult like fuck this i don't want to do this no more it sounds like the worst jackie chan movie ever <laughs> <laughs> it was it was terrible <laughs> so uh, and he also it, the thing was he taught me some things i'm like okay that's cool and he's like yeah but you can't use it 
Like, what do you mean I can't use it? It's like, yeah, one of the free rules is like, you can't, yeah, free rules. You can't talk to nobody about it. You can't use it and you can't show it to anybody. And I was like, this is Fight Club. I don't know. I don't know. That's what he said to me. I mean, Fight Club. This is the rules of Fight Club. Yeah, really? Don't talk about it. Really? First rule of Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) I was like eight or something. And I was like, man, this sucks, you know? So, uh, no, it wasn't for me. I started uh, training weights uh, actually at a very young age. When I was 10 years old, I asked for an abdomen bench yeah. for my birthday. Yeah. My mom gave it to me. So I just did push-ups and sit-ups and stuff like that. Okay. Grew up watching a lot of Van Damme. Oh, that, that. You know, yeah, I was really uh, into blood sport, kickboxer and all that stuff. I that, really that loved that. That gets you. It yeah. got a lot of us. Yeah. And I remember in like 1993, it was 1993, first UFC. I, think I always forget that I date. Think, I think it, uh, UFC one, right? Yeah, I think because it was I get it mixed up with. Uh, is it? Yeah, 1993, I think. And I remember when when Hoyce won, and he beat Shamrock in the finals, and and he beat the boxer who went, went into the octagon with, with one, one glove. glove. <laughs> yeah. One glove. He went yeah, the, like, on his right hand. This hand is and actually, to be honest, when I saw it, because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Nobody knew ground fighting. No. We we knew what we could see, like a kick, a punch. You know that that's cool. Karate was cool. Taekwondo was cool. Mm-hmm. Boxing was cool. Kickboxing was cool. Jujitsu, we like. I don't know what it is. And then this guy won by taking everybody to the ground and doing stuff we didn't understand. So yeah. I actually hated it. I was like, man, fuck this guy mm-hmm. with the, with the laying and stuff. I don't like it. What is he doing? Yeah, what, what is he doing? This gay ass shit. No, I, didn't, I didn't even see it as gay ass shit. I just didn't understand because I had no knowledge of what he was doing. I did see when he when he was fighting the the red sash in kung fu and he broke the guy's arm. Yeah, oh, but that that was like a private video or something like that, right? It was also in the UFC, but, but it was he... like in the prelims of the UFC or something. Oh, I think I remember. And Royce broke his arm like really brutal. He didn't even make him, t- he just, he went belly down and then he arched from his back. Just he did Not even <laughs> hips down, he just, he just, yeah. And then you could see like, whoa, he just broke his arm. So, oh, that's fucked up. Mm. So it was a scary sport. But then he went to fight uh, Remco Pardue also, and we're like, well, he's also jiu-jitsu, but he was regular jiu-jitsu, and Hoyce was Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah. and we didn't know the difference. This is the bigger guy fight, fighting a smaller guy. So we were like, oh, the bigger guy's going to win, and then he, he choked him out with his own gi, and we were like, oh, shit, man, what the he hell? He used his clothes to choke him out. Yeah, that, 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 it didn't make any sense to me then. <clears throat> and um, then I just... Uh, uh, I think I was like in my 20s and I was working security somewhere and uh, I did some uh, kickboxing but n- nothing uh, mentionable so to mm. speak and I was always training weights always weight training and stretching and doing that stuff and then um, there was this guy who, uh, who worked security with me and uh, he did uh, something called Claywall it was like the beginning of 2000 99 2000 and uh, I said, what's clay wall? He said, uh, Clem Worstelen. So uh, oh. su- uh, like like uh, submission wrestling, basically. Which, and, uh, could you say it's like a catch can? Yeah, but I think catch can is more diverse. It's really it's really like a sport. This was just wrestlers who also applied some, some locks. 
Okay. You know, like a guillotine and a straight calf and a kimura and, and an armbar and, and not mm. too much. They didn't mm. have, it wasn't a great arsenal, it was just, they had a few things and they just uh, put it on viciously. That's basically how it went. And he was like, um, well, we were at his house and he did it for a few years. And he said, he, he showed me a guillotine. That's how actually, I was, he showed me, he said, okay, I want you to grab my head like this. I said, okay. He says, okay, now don't let go. I said, okay. I says, and I'm going to show you how I escape. And I'm like, okay. But like I said, I've been training weights my mm -hmm. whole life. So I just grabbed it. And I held and I held and I held. And he was trying to escape. And I was just, in my mind, I was like, fuck you. you. I'm not letting <laughs> you go. And then, and, and every time he tried, and I, then when he, uh, when he basically stopped struggling, I kind of released the power. I didn't want to blow myself out. And then yeah. when he tried to escape again, I just put it on again. And then finally he tapped and I let it go and he looked at me with, and he's like, you, and then he kind of got mad and then he was like, yeah, you got to come with me to the gym because he says, usually I can always get out and, uh, I can't get out of this. And he, and I said, did I do something? He said, no, it was good, but it's just, nah, fuck it. And then, uh, okay. So <laughs> fuck then it, we, fuck you, fuck everything. <laughs> and then, uh, I rolled with him a lot and every time he rolled with me, he injured me. He's like, I had an arm, he just yanked arm bars, he yanked chokes, he just, yeah. he really, I was injured every training, every training, and um, I remember one time we went to roll, and he was like, why are you shaking? I said, I'm shaking? He says, yeah, you're shaking. I said, well, probably because I know I'm going to get injured again, I just don't know where. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, relax, well, maybe I'm putting it on too hard. I said, uh, I, and I didn't know the sport, so I didn't know what was part of what. I don't know if it was supposed to crack when it when it, it was put oh, on. Man. I I didn't know, you know. So I was just like, maybe that's just how it goes, you know. So I didn't want to complain, you know. So I was like, I want to learn this, but he was hurting me every time, every time. And then uh, uh, finally, uh, after a lot of uh, torture, <laughs> yeah, you get better. And then I went to class, and I remember because I, I I trained a lot with him one on one. And then he said, "Okay, now we're gonna do class." And then there was like twenty guys, like all wrestlers, and he had to spar like three minutes with one, and then immediately move on to the next spar with them, and and do takedowns and submissions, and and you just go around, you know. Yeah. But. I was still smoking back then, cigarettes. Yeah. I smoked cigarettes back then. Oh, and uh, after my first uh, clay wall or submission uh, wrestling class, I stopped cigarettes immediately. Because after 15 minutes and after like the fourth guy, I was just sitting in the corner like... <laughs> like lungs burning, yeah, yeah. heart burning, everything. And I remember there was this one like him uh, uh, guy was like, like a Suriname guy. And uh, he he, had, he looked real professional. He had like the knee sleeves and and uh, the elbow protectors. And and I was like, it was my first class, so I went to him and shook his hand. I said, hey, uh, don't break anything, please. I said, if yeah. you have it, you know, great, but please don't break anything. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, I'll go easy. And then uh, I said, no, you don't have to go easy. Just don't break anything. And then uh, we rolled and. I tapped him with a guillotine and he looked at me and he was shocked because I told him it was my first time. Yeah. And I've never seen him after that ever again in class. <laughs> and um, basically that's how it started. And then there was a guy, uh, I'll give him his props, Aaron Carlos. Uh, yeah. And he came to class and he was already doing jujitsu. I think he was a blue belt at the time. 
but he was doing butterfly sweeps and triangle chokes and arm drags from the guard back takes and then going uh putting hooks in and then doing rear naked chokes and i was like how long was that ago uh i think 2001 maybe okay something like that and he also it was funny because he used to teach jiu-jitsu here uh for a long time at uh ah man i forgot the name of the school uh, it used to be Shakariki, but then it, it, it changed to something else. I'm not punk creation, but it changed to something else. Uh, I forgot the name. But he used to teach jiu-jitsu there. And then he moved to Brazil because he has a Brazilian uh, wife. Yeah. And I said, but you teach jiu-jitsu. What are you going to do there? Because yeah. you can't go there and teach jiu-jitsu. It's yeah. like, now I'm going to teach English. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so, so he went there and he taught English. And, uh, but he, uh, he showed a lot. He also um, showed Melvin van Suydam. I don't know if you know. He's, no, he's no. a black belt now on, under Chango. He is also yeah. the, the WFL uh, MMA champion. Shout wow. out to Melvin. Uh, he also showed Melvin his first... Uh, uh, is jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu okay. or Melvin also was taught by Aaron Carlos in the beginning All right. um, and Aaron trained a lot with Daniel who's a black belt under Marcos Flexa yeah so um, yeah <clears throat> it, it basically it started with him doing some moves but uh, in the beginning uh, I really didn't like him I thought he was arrogant as hell which he was a shout out to you though but you know and um, <laughs> but you're arrogant exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he, <laughs> but later on you know we got along but in the beginning we didn't uh, I thought he was too arrogant uh, but he, he was definitely skillful and um, uh, yeah man then I got into pride watching a lot of pride and, and I think the first move I, I taught myself was omoplata and it was in the fight of Noguera against Dan Henderson. And Noguera was able to, Minotauro was able to uh, se- uh, secure uh, Omoplata on Dan Henderson. And yeah. it was VCR time. So I just rewinded the move like seven or eight times. Like, okay, how is the other guy seated? What does he have? He ha- he's controlling his wrist. Okay, what is he doing with his leg? How, and how, basically how he put it together. Mm. And then there was one uh, guy who did uh, Wesley. Uh, Wesley Joren, he's uh, he did like more than a hundred pro wrestling fights with wow. yeah 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 with hitting chairs over people's head and stuff like that. Oh, the that, pro wrestling, the pro the pro wrestling, like yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, and that's pretty brutal, man. Because uh, 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 he he one time he wanted to show me a pro wrestling move and it dislocated my shoulder. He, uh, Just showing it? No, no. He said, "Lay down on your stomach. I'm gonna show you a throw that that we use in pro wrestling." I said, "Okay," but I didn't know what was gonna happen. So, I was just laying on my stomach, and he stood over me, and he hugged my waist, and then he threw me over his head. So he he spun me, and as my equilibrium kind of got fucked, as he threw me over. Sorry, F. And then <clears throat> oh, I fuck landed. This fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, I, and then I landed on my elbow behind my back, and that popped out my shoulder. And oh, I immediately no. felt it was out. And then I looked and a bird was there. I said, my shoulder's out. He says, yeah, I can see. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to move. And I went, Ugh! and then it shot back. And I was so happy that I'm like, hey, it's moving again. I just got really angry and just tried to lift this, went through the pain and it just popped back. And my brother's a doctor. And so uh, then, I, then I was like, oh, it's good. So I did. Then I started doing dips, yeah. like uh, six sets of 10 dips. 
right but, after that right after that and then i called my brother and he's like yeah you idiot stop that right now so you have to wear a brace like a mitella for for like uh, a week now and let it rest he said how long was it out i said not even half a minute because as soon as it happened i just angrily on hate i was yeah i was like no um my but i was just like no my body's not gonna tell me i can't move my arm and i was like fuck it I was like, and, and then it just shot back and i was so lucky that they did because if you don't do anything you have to wait the longer it takes to for, pop it back exactly the the weaker it's gonna be so oh, if okay. yeah yeah because i know a guy who was thrown in jail after he had a fight at the airport and he was uh, thrown in with a dislocated shoulder and after 48 hours they popped it back in his shoulder never ever recovered. never covered him. no no so i was lucky man within a few seconds i was able to put it back Immediately. yeah shoulder so that's problem. basically how it how it uh yeah how it started with uh with Aaron Carlos. and after that i was like wow uh, i took wesley and i at the omoplata i just stopped myself basically from watching minotauro do it on dan anderson he couldn't finish him by the way but he mm-hmm. was able to put it on him um I, I did it on Wesley. I said, hey, I saw this move. Let me try something on you. Can you sit in my guard? And I just I did it. I'm like, yes, that's Omoplata. That's so cool. And then uh, he was like, can you show me? And then I taught him. And then I showed him what I just did on him. And he was like, hey, that's so cool. And then I was able to use it. And I was like, okay, I got to learn other stuff. I got to learn other stuff. Because um, at Claywall, it was it was a lot of battling. But they were like, uh, he, he showed me two things. Uh, the teacher, he showed me two things. He showed me a guillotine and a straight calf. And after two years, he was just like, no, just fight. They don't make you good. I'm like, yeah, but I want to learn new moves. He's like, no, 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 just 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 fight fight and and you'll be good. And And I was like, yeah, but it's not going to work. So um, then I really tried to focus myself on escapes because I was like, it's cool to tap people, but it's even cooler if you can get out of stuff and fight longer. So I was like really putting the emphasis on escapes, escape everything. I wanted to be able to theoretically, because <laughs> in practice and theory is different. Theoretically, I wanted to be able to escape everything, have an escape for every submission that there is. Just you know? let me geographically put it together now. Mm-hmm. Um, you were doing clay, Clemwo? Claywo, Claywo, yeah. Clem, uh, it's a Claywo. Clem Worstler. Claywo, yeah. Claywo. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you doing clay wall? Cops, at, uh, cops, at cops, cops. Yeah, at cops, cops where it started. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was where the pro wrestler also threw you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've been this whole time. You've been all, all training with cops. Yeah, at cops. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I'm just short sighted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, great stuff. Yeah. And after that, you saw the video, and then you started getting into it, and you said, "Now I have to learn." As much as possible. Mm-hmm. How long is this ago? 2009, you mentioned? No, 2001. No, 2001. That's when you went, that's when the first Clay Wall class. Yeah, yeah. 2001, something like that. I remember before that there was a tournament. There was a tournament between, between Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, practitioners and wrestlers from COPS in, in submission fighting. And it was. Uh, uh, they had a lot of guys who were just starting out with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, mm-hmm. but they were already very good. They're long-time black belts now. But um, they they went against uh, guys from Cops, and uh, it was in a, in a submission uh, fighting uh, scenario. And but it's, it was really old school because in in that time you still used like uh, yeah the headlock, you know the. Fir- 
the first judo headlock and, and oh, stuff like that. You know, just and, holding somebody on the floor with that headlock. Exactly, and then trying to trying to over, you know, uh, trying to put the arm under the leg and just just hyperextend it like that. And yeah, it was very old it's, school. It's man. a legit move, but I think I know, nowadays I, know. I, I think nowadays it doesn't catch. Know, it it catches beginners. I think. There's so many moves that that sometimes I show people because I've been doing it for a long time now. And they're like, wow, man, I've never seen it. I said, yeah, because it's old as fuck. It's older than you think. Yeah, yeah but that, 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 that's how the whole yeah. Senkaku John Danaher game mm -hmm. began. Because that, that mm -hmm. new, that heel hooks and everything like that mm -hmm. existed forever. Yeah, it, the, the thing is, because I have a term on my meniscus, I can never really play his leg lock game uh, too much. The, the whole Ashigurami, I, 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 can't, I can't really do that anymore. It used to be like one of my biggest things was I would never tap to to leg locks. Never, I just didn't feel it until it was too late. <laughs> I know uh, exactly what you mean. Yeah. I never trained them mm -hmm. to a certain extent mm -hmm. because in Brazil it's seen as dirty. Mm -hmm. You're seen as a horrible mm -hmm. human if you're doing it. You got really was you, that it? Yeah, I you, thought they thought it was impossible. Like when Marcelo did it against the Rico Rodriguez. Yeah, when he beat him with it with a. I don't know the backstory of it. I mm -hmm. know that if you go into a they championship, threw a shoe they threw a shoe at him. Yes, like, yeah. Sapatero, Sapatero is a shoemaker because okay. you're you're if you're holding somebody's foot like that, you're like, are you are you taking measurements <laughs> to see? Oh, if I thought they thought it was impossible to do it. That's no. why they did it. That's what I heard. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get the backstory of it. Mm -hmm. if, you're, mm -hmm. if you're within the community, you're within a bunch of jujitsu fighters around mm -hmm. you, then suddenly. You do a footlock in a full championship with, mm -hmm. and there the championships, everything is full, right? All mm -hmm. the all the places are full. There's people standing around. It's hot as fuck. Mm -hmm. And then you grab somebody's foot, and suddenly you hear from everywhere, "Boo!" Really? Do normal jujitsu, boo! Oh, really? You're like, oh fuck! I'm but that's sorry. not anymore. It changed. Yeah, no, it changed. Yeah. It changed in the last uh, time. But I, because now it's a hype. Even yeah, it I'm, used to be a hype for the, a while. The Brazilians over there, every time I touch somebody's foot, they'll go like, "Do jujitsu." Yeah, they, yeah, they'll 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 be a little bit of you. You make a lot of black belts very angry if you grab their feet. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't know. They're like, know. oh, you don't want to fight, or oh, you don't want to do a a normal armbar or a triangle or something like that. I, do that. I, I know they do say like, learn to pass guard before you go for footlocks. Otherwise, you'll never learn to pass. Yeah, yeah. that's one yeah. of the, definitely definitely one of the things I remember. I touched one guy's foot once. <laughs> touched. <laughs> I just touched. It. I swear, in my defense, I just touched it, and it was like, and I was, I was, I was doing it because I was going from. This is the thing we call. They call it ashigarami now. We used to call it like single leg X. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 A single leg. Or I don't know. Just. And in Brazil too, they didn't give the moves a lot of names. Okay. I just do this move, and mm -hmm. then from here you go to X, and mm -hmm. then from X you go to something. And I just lifted his foot and put it under me, and then he dropped, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to attack the foot. Why? He turned, that black belt turned into a monster immediately, and I got triangled five times. Hmm? Triangled out, triangled out, triangled out, triangled. And I was like, oh my God. And then he told the rest about me being a, a, a footlocker. And then I got triangled by everybody <laughs> oh, wow, because really? I was in a gym that had about 30 black belts around oh, me the whole time. Shit. 
So, oh my God, the moment I, I unlearned the footlocks really fast that day. <laughs> I was like, hey, okay, rule number three, do not touch feet. Rule <laughs> number one was do not touch assholes. <laughs> do not by accident hit somebody's balls. <laughs> because those, those three things are what caused me the most damage. Oh, <laughs> in shit. Oh, wow. Man, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's basically it. And yeah, I didn't get into that game for a long mm-hmm. time. And we always training traditional jiu mm-hmm. always in the gi. Mm-hmm. Almost never no gi. Almost now, never. Before know. my knee got fucked up, because Donner came in, and because I've been doing it a long time, and in my in my perspective, he came late with the videos and late with with. You know, he's been teaching his students a long time, but the time it got publicly known is his whole Ashigarami system and everything. Um, I, I never learned it from him. I learned basically a lot of footlocks, but more from Gokor, Gavinchian, like the Hayastan system. And uh, his, it was more leg reaps. It was yeah. more leg reaps and then... And but then, that was not... Was that from Jiu-Jitsu or was that from uh, more um, like Sambo? No, I've, yeah, more Sambo and uh, also um, Nevasa. Yeah, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But the more, yeah, he's more Sambo, yeah. Yeah, the, the Hayastan system, yeah. But he was very good with footlocks. His, his guys were known for footlocks. And then I remember, uh, like, fast forward, like, like 15, 16 years fast forward, uh, Gordon Ryan was facing one of his top uh, students in the EBI. Yeah. And uh, before they uh, class heads, they said, wow, these guys are both footlock masters, so this is going to be very interesting. And Gordon tapped them out. I, I'm not sure. It could also been Gary, either Gary or Gordon was one of one of them. And he tapped them out so fast with a footlock that everybody was surprised, and that basically showed like, okay, his system is basically better than the one that Goku is. Yeah, you know, because uh, yeah. Donner is is like a encyclopedia of jiu-jitsu a mad genius yes definitely. mad genius i don't know if i want to get to that level because you, you become a weird person yeah. <laughs> rash guard everywhere to yeah no you become everywhere. just a weird person i don't think that socializing becomes a normal thing anymore <laughs> you don't care at that certain point yeah i have true. it sometimes i have it sometimes when you when you I think you, I, I had a little bit of the same thing where the interest, mm-hmm. I, I, I was lucky to have a lot of good teachers around me. Mm-hmm. But eventually when I started, the main teacher mm-hmm. was also a very, very astute businessman. Salo Ibero? No, no, no. Very much more earlier than that. Okay. Much earlier than that. I was with Bruno Padras in Malicia team at that okay. time in Belgium. And that man was a an inc- very incredibly good, incredibly good uh, jujitsu fighter. Mm-hmm. Very classic. Comes from the line of uh, fighters from Draculinu and okay, all these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really nice line of fighters. But guard player, uh, close guard player. Just mm-hmm. he he. If he closed his guard on you, it's done. Mm-hmm. He, he'd even ask you, "How do you want to be thrown or finished?" Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. It didn't matter at a certain point. He was so I good. love close guard. I'm I love old school. it too. I, mean, I love it. Yeah. I love it too. And he mm-hmm. was in Belgium at that time, and he beat everybody in Belgium. Mm-hmm. He flew his teacher in, then beat everybody again in Belgium, and then looked at his teacher. Can I have my black belt now? And then the teacher said, "Yeah, sure, here." Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's when. But very, very good. Very, very good fight. Got injured in his neck. Oh shit! 
then stopped a little bit and that's when the first good injury happens where you can see like either they are going to continue that path yeah. of being like a phenomenal jiu-jitsu fighter or mm -hmm. are they going to go do something else and he mm -hmm. chose to he kept going doing jiu-jitsu he kept teaching and everything like that but he had some business opportunities he couldn't let go mm. you know he couldn't and he was a very very smart businessman okay so at that time when i got in mm -hmm. i got like a part of the system from him mm -hmm. And then he focused on his business. He just opened the gym for us, put good teachers down. The teachers are still active today in Belgium. Mm -hmm. And one of the strongest team at that time. We we went to every competition and you could see fear in everybody going around. You know, they're like, yeah. oh no, these guys are here again. Because A, we were good at jiu-jitsu and B, we were loud as fuck. <laughs> we, were, we were old school, like singing and chanting when we're going oh, yeah. in and bringing instruments to competition and stuff Almost like that. Almost like. Man, 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 yeah. it was good. And, um, but out that there was... I, I got really close to one of my training partners and he was a uh, purple belt at that time and I was still a little bit of a beginner, mm -hmm. right? But he had this, watch every fight, watch every documentary, watch every instructional, find mm -hmm. it, find it, download it, search mm -hmm. it, and get into that mindset. And he, ga <laughs> he gave that to me. Mm -hmm. And that that started me on a path of insanity. And yeah. it's it's... At a certain point, it was very, very hard to socialize with people outside of fighting. Very true. Because you, you, your mind is so full of techniques and so full of continuously thinking and playing chess in your head with yes. other people that you're... Very true. You're like, ah, oh. we used to talk, hey, have you seen this new move and this new move and this yeah. new move and yeah. then yeah. see if it works and didn't work and I was yeah. constantly busy on that. And funny enough, at that time, I was also smoking an insane amount of mm -hmm. uh, what I shouldn't be. And... <laughs> um, but I kind of did it also because the pain, it helped a lot and it helped a lot sleeping because yeah, it turned the brain off. I know, yeah, definitely. And that, that, yeah. So I spent like two, my whole purple belt was up in smoke. Yeah, <laughs> up purple in smoke haze, and purple haze belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the time I, uh, I, I, I did a lot of learning, a lot of instructional stuff, mm -hmm. you know. But that is, because uh, I can relate, man, I used to smoke a lot of weed and, I've like like I said I've I have over 200 gigs of of instructionals and I watched so many and and watched all of it <laughs> yeah and I remember I I gave to Haysom who I'm so happy that he's now teaching yeah. or uh, training with you you know because yeah I think amazing brilliant. dude yeah great guy and uh, uh, you know he just wants to get his belt so it's 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 of course it's great but I remember I gave him like a, I think it's five no a hundred a hundred gig uh a disc uh, external hard drive uh with instructionals and he's like yeah i have a problem with uh this and this uh scenario and how do i escape i said okay uh go to marcello uh, go to disc two and go to um i think it's one hour five minutes and then you have uh the second move that he shows and he just looked at me like what the fuck and then he went there he's like wow you just know exactly what's on mm -hmm. the disc i said yeah because i gave you a fraction of what i have and i gave you the stuff that that i think is really good because i think marcelo is one of the best out exactly there. because mm -hmm. you know i always was like um i don't want to be say hard-headed maybe i am but um the best teachers were in brazil i was in holland so i was like how am i gonna learn I don't want to learn from Dutch people. No offense, you know. I mean, now I'm different, but then I was like, 
they're Dutch. What are they gonna teach yeah, me? They're so gonna teach you. I was like, I, I wanted from the source. Exactly. You know. So it, 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 I, the first instructional I I ever actually downloaded was from Salo Hibero. There you go. Yes. There yeah. And the it the one one of the moves the swim sweep. Uh, he has full guard and he takes uh, double unders. And from double unders, he, he basically opens his guard and uses the inside of his legs to push down on the outside of the knees. Oh, oh yeah. Together, then recloses his guard, throw everything over you that you're above him. And then he wiggles. He's going to take either left or right. And then he, he, you can choose. He's going to take your back or you can roll roll to your back and he will take mount. Yep. Yeah. And, and that, that was one of the first moves I, I learned myself and applied and it worked. And I was like, okay, I just got to... And and in that time, that you had such an old move. You never see that again. No, that will be, I think, a, a version yeah. of it would be like the mermaid sweep when you, you know, when uh, Leandro Lo, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he jumps guard or somebody stands up with him in guard, mm-hmm. where he just drops down to your legs a little bit and then he just like holds all your legs and everything together and then you just drop, you just fall because your legs get smashed together you, you get yeah. put together and yeah. then you're like you have no base name exactly. nothing and he just waits and yeah. you you start falling it doesn't yeah. matter yeah yeah it's basically that i think and and because it worked and it worked so good i did it against uh, and it was an mma sparring class and the guy was 120 kilos i was 80 at the time and he was in my guard and uh and he was punching 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 and i just I, I just lifted him up and just I just pulled my guard up a little bit and I just grabbed double unders and from there I just did this move and then I just I just sw- swept him with it and I just got out and and then I was like okay well and then the the instructor at the time Jeffrey he told me like he said wow man very impressive uh, I said nah because I couldn't f- then after that I swept him he pushed my head and he was able to do a technical get up so uh, I I couldn't really do anything on the ground but I was like. Uh, it did work the sweep and and he was like yeah but he's 40 kilos more than you and I was like yeah but it shouldn't matter because I was always I was always hard on myself like it, it had to be perfect you know and that yeah. I think also uh, with 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 me because I watched so much that at a certain point I uh, and and I know exactly which point I downloaded a, an instructional from BJ Penn and uh, it had 80 moves and i was like yes 80 new moves i got 80 new moves in my arsenal after this 80 new moves yes and then i watched the whole thing and it was one move i didn't know and I was like, fuck man i just wasted 90 minutes watching shit i already know you know I who like i have that, that with mm-hmm. gordon yeah yeah you watch his like his his instructionals and i mm-hmm. understand why he does it i'm not critiquing him personally for what he's putting out as an instructional yeah but the first time they gave me like uh, half guard, mm-hmm. they gave me. I'm like, hey, shit! I want to see what Gordon does in half guard because I love that shit. Mm-hmm. I've been studying, looking at everything from mm-hmm. half guard and everything like that. Then I looked through the whole thing and I'm like, I know all this shit. He yeah, does explain it in a very nice way. Yeah, but you're a black belt, bro. You're a high level black belt. I think that's a difference. Yeah, but I think, I think if you download instructionals or you watch instructionals. At a certain point when you're a black belt, it's going to be hard to even yeah. get some new information in there. It's, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm walking up against a wall at certain points. Yeah. Of course, I, I now take stuff that is like, that I've never seen before, like mm-hmm. new hooks entry and all the yeah. in-depth diving people are going into ex- specific position. But mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, you just, I think you just hit a wall and yeah. then you just go That's with. That's what I had like at seven years, after yeah. seven years of fanatically studying it, I really hit a wall. And then I, I basically went into 10th planet. 
Yeah. And 10th Planet really, because I was always MMA minded. When I started, it, it wasn't even for jiu-jitsu. It was just like Vale Tudo was the, was the thing. We were yeah. like, yeah, we were just, uh, you're going to choose two sports. One guy chose wrestling and boxing. I was like, okay, it's going to be kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. I was like, I want to be able to beat people up standing. And if they take me ground to the ground, I want to be able to submit them. And he was like, yeah, I just want to beat them over my hands. I don't want to kick too much. And I will be able to throw them and then keep beating them up. I'm like, okay, well, that's your thing. I'm going to choose this. And then when I I found it or found it, uh, came to 10th Planet, the, the, the found some instructionals from there, I was like, wow, they have a whole new world that I've never known. I never knew, uh, I never know uh, the Twister, the lockdown. And it started with the Twister, actually. And and then um, the whole game that, that Eddie made was like uh, known for, or... Uh, uh, so it could be applied in MMA and I'm like, wow, I, I'm an MMA guy. So for me, this is perfect because if you have close guards, you can still get your head punched in. If you play rubber guard, they can't punch you anymore and you can still punch them. So then I started that for like eight years, like really <clears throat> fanatical, like really, really fanatical. And then I was able, uh, one of my students at Cops, who is now a purple belt, a very good guy, Timpa, uh, he um, he's, he's really good. Uh, he was uh, taking class at uh, 10th Planet at the time and he was like, Yuri, uh, I would really like you to teach there. And uh, I was, uh, well, I had some, doesn't really matter, I don't want to get into that, but um, then I was like, okay, I'll go there, you know. Um, so he says, because it's a great group, great guys, but we really miss the knowledge. We really, uh, you should see what how they're teaching and, and I know how you teach. So please uh, come there, watch once, and I really want you to be the teacher there. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go and I watch. And then like 20 guys, 25 guys sitting there and one teacher, uh, very nice guy. Um, very, he's a sales guy, marketing, yeah. very good. But um, I'm not saying he's bad at jujitsu, he's really not. But it was very limited what he showed. Yeah. Um, he was like, okay, guys, we're going to get into single leg X. I'm like, okay, well, this is how they're going to start. It's like, okay. <clears throat> okay, just practice that, how you take single leg X. Okay, and then they drill that. And he's like, okay. <clears throat> okay, okay, now he's going to add something, a sweep or something. He's like, okay, we have single leg X. We let it go. And we go back to single leg X. It's like, huh? What's the word? <laughs> what, what's like, huh? It, it didn't make sense to me, you know? So I'm like, okay, so you just show the move, now you let it go and bring it back. So haven't you just been drilling that? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, Yuri, uh, please, next time you come, you show what, how you teach and what you do. And then, uh, yeah, even the guy who was teaching there, he said, well, we have guys who know their jujitsu and you have guys who really know their jujitsu and you really know your jujitsu. So yeah, uh, it would be nice if you could, uh, uh, yeah, could teach, you know, so, and then I was teaching uh, free, I think three nights a week there, and uh, I did it for about a year, and I really loved it, because I could really, it was all in English, um, uh, I could really, you know, use my own imagination, and uh, yeah, just uh, imp- imp- implementing the 10th Planet techniques, you know, because they have so many things, like, you know, the lockdown, the electric chair, the twister, you know, so many things from rubber guards, you know, and it's all, 
yeah. it's, it's its own little world. Yeah, it's and its I own love it, man. I love it. You it's know? A, it's an amazing system. Yeah, and uh, I don't. Know. I, do you also have the problem sometimes, especially if we take a step back with mm-hmm. teaching? Mm-hmm. I can I can sympathize with a guy maybe, but uh, on the other hand, not like if you d- don't teach limited, try to teach as much as you mm-hmm. can within the technique. Mm-hmm. But again, if you watch that many. And so many instructionals, and you have so many information in mm-hmm. your head. Don't mm-hmm. you get, sometimes go blank because people are like, "Are you going to teach?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I can." T- What the fuck am I going to teach? Out of no. all the things that I need to, I get, I I do not mm-hmm. get stuck if people ask me a question. Mm-hmm. If people no, ask me exactly. a question, my my brain mm-hmm. goes to as it were that DVD, that disc, and everything mm-hmm. like that. It goes exactly. to the storage yeah, in my yeah, head, yeah. and that's easy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a part where you go like, okay, I lift this. This mm-hmm. is here. It's stored. Mm-hmm. But once it comes to like, what am I going to teach? Mm-hmm. It's like, I really have to write it down and sit down and really think about it. Then once I start it, it mm-hmm. flows. But if it's out of nothing, if somebody says it suddenly, okay, teach now, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. I don't know. I usually ask around, like, what do you want to learn? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do that now. I I, uh, I do Q and A lately because uh, sometimes I see that they stumble upon hurdles that I never thought would be hurdles. Yeah, and that's why I do a Q and A a lot with them. That is say, just guys, whatever you want to learn, escapes, sweeps. Uh, you have problems with things, uh, certain moves you're losing. Why you're losing it? What are you losing? And 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 you know, if I can help, yeah, whatever. So I do that a lot now. Q&A, but I always try when I teach to connect the dots. I always try to show something because you can show random shit. You can show an armbar, you can show a, a butterfly sweep, and you can show a mount escape. You know, but trying to like let's use a flower sweep and when you use a flower sweep hey the armbar is also already there. Yeah, you know, and and you can even make. Um, uh, mount escape uh, all the way back to full guard then use the flower sweep and then go to the armbar now you're tying all three things together so um, it's it's not Craig Jones it's the other uh, Aussie Kid Dale that was before Craig Jones and what's Lachlan and all yeah, the other yeah, guys yeah. Kid right? Dale, he, w- he was he, the first one I think he had a, he had an instructional and it wasn't even showing moves he, the instructional was just what's wrong in modern day jiu-jitsu and he said, usually you have a teacher and he will show you one move here, one move there, one move there. He'll show you three moves and you have like 30 minutes or 45 minutes to drill. And uh, after that, you're going to spar. And and he just showed three random dots. And he said, you should be trying to connect the dots. And when I saw that, I was like, but I'm already doing that. I'm already trying to show answers for problems like you have this, you're here. Now you can do this. His response is this. And then you can respond with that. And I think it it uh, it originated from me trying to uh, when I, when I was doing it for maybe two and a half three years I did a lot of ABCs and with ABC I mean like the armbar triangle omoplata yeah because those three were always connected and uh, I always try to take their reaction in in uh, into consideration like okay I'm gonna go for my armbar if I miss it because he pulls away I have the omoplata if his reaction is to roll now I can yeah. take mount and it's and, and I know the the dangers of that because it's a really perfectly closed system mm-hmm. like if you close guard on somebody and you start working for that armbar mm-hmm. there's only a limited set of things he can do to prevent that mm-hmm. and that opens up uh, another set of things exactly but it's within that closed kind of kind of like system of 
armbar triangle and everything like that. So mm -hmm. at some some points, I'm like, well, you do you need to learn more? Yes, mm -hmm. I think yes. Like, the more you know, better. Just what makes you greedy for knowledge. I know that yeah. is exactly it. Yeah. But on the other hand, do you need anything outside of that? Once you reach like a certain point where you hit the wall, and you don't then, want to get bored. You don't yeah. want to do, do do the ABC ten years in a row. That's you want to do a different stuff, you know. And that's the problem. Yeah. I get yeah. I get bored easily if I do the if it works. If mm -hmm. see it works. Oh, I'm gonna do a triangle like this, mm -hmm. and I do it the whole week or the whole month, and mm -hmm. I and it's working, and it's everybody around me is doing it, and then I get immediately bored of it, and I say we're never revisiting this again, <laughs> ever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. done. I know it. Yeah. Now there's certain things I I use till this day that I've used in uh, in the beginning, and one thing of uh, is uh, from Javi Vasquez. It's uh, it's basically when you have side control and you go to what he calls the windshield wiper. Yeah. So it's when you have side and you switch to judo, you have your underhook and basically the, the arm that you're controlling the tricep with, you slide down, you push down and you step your inside knee over the bicep and mm -hmm. your other knee is connected to the hip and then you basically, you windshield wipe. So you're stepping over. Now you immediately, you, you can go to your kimuras, you can go to your far side. Uh, all that stuff is there. The one you did once in my class that said, okay, you have the kimura, he's protecting. Now you step back, you make the halo around the neck. Halo around the, the neck, back, take yeah, the back you know? and everything like that. Exactly. I remember so, that. Yeah. I explain it like that to yeah, this day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because it's a beautiful way of doing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the funny thing is he never showed that in his instructional. He just showed the, the kimura and the, and the armbar. But because I was there so many more times, I'm like, and, and, and you come, uh, come across the problem that they're holding the hands and you can't attack. I'm like, okay, I can break the grip using my spine. I can do this. I can, uh, you know, manipulate the wrist. But isn't there more, you know, like, oh, if I make this back step, wait, now I have this. And then you just, yeah. you know, you get creative. Jiu-Jitsu makes you creative. Like, you probably know this better than I do, but the, the guy who invented half guard, I forgot his name, but he invented it because he had a leg injury. The, um, um, I forgot his name, but I know I can see his face in front of but me right he, now. From what I've been told, he invented it because he had a leg injury. Yeah. So he wasn't able to play full guard, so he invented half because he could only use one leg. Yep. So that's same thing. Why the same reason I started to doing half guard because I've heard of him, mm -hmm. and then I said, okay, I'm going into. I, I used to only play um, uh, long legs, so I used to always play uh, spider guard. Okay. Because we were always in the gi, so it was either Lasso, Spider, or yeah. one of those, or De La Riva. I hated De La Riva because everybody did De La Riva, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not doing this shit because everybody is doing I it. I like reverse De La Riva. Uh, uh, spiral. I don't like I don't like regular De La Riva, personally. But I've never been a gi guy. Huh? Yeah. I maybe trained 10 times with a gi in my life. It, I've always I, been no gi. I think normal De La Riva is really good. The mm -hmm. only problem is it's at this point, everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to get out of it's hard it's hard mm -hmm. it's hard to solve mm -hmm. but at this point it's so mechanically solvable that i'm like yeah i don't like to play it anymore no okay it's like it's it's it, it's become boring mm -hmm. boring and something like that mm -hmm. and then i remember that i was uh i was trying to invent shit i was trying to be smart mm -hmm. and i was um one of the guys from the other gym from the gym i started training it in uh, in um in brasilia Every single one of them was a half guard player. Imagine a room full of half guard players. <laughs> There's not one person doing any other move than the fucking half guard. Uh, and he was doing half guard. And I said, I'm going to solve this. This is solvable. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did something that, but I did it to a black belt. And not only a black belt, he had a bunch of stripes on his black belt too. <laughs> he was old and he was nasty. 
and I was like, okay, so I'm in half guard and I, and I start, uh, I don't know how I got it open again, but I started doing an X on top of his leg okay. to climb him, to climb up on top of him mm -hmm. and get up, like to grab his head and pass him mount. Mm -hmm. So which means like I'm with one leg, I'm in half guard. Mm -hmm. Then I put the other leg in to break it open, mm -hmm. but I kept like a hook into that leg and I was with my shin over his leg. You're on top? Or you're I'm on top. Okay. And then I crossed my other leg over it and I crossed my other leg over it and I called it like the crocodile walk because you're, 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 you're with your shin, you're pinning his leg down from the bottom all the way up, you know? Oh, wow. And it worked a couple of times. The only time I did it to him, I, I just did it to him. He was like, the fuck is this? And I saw him get angry and he grabbed just a, a pant and he just off balanced me and threw me only my knees stayed in place and my body went. And so my meniscus, like, oh, I just heard that. Fuck. I felt that stabbing pain. I heard it oh, and I felt that stabbing pain. Fuck. And he could just kept going. And I was like, I'm just going to keep going. This is nothing. I can still move my leg. And then after that, every single time I moved the leg, the meniscus was just stabbed and stabbed oh, and stabbed. And then I was like, oh, no, shit. I think something really bad happened. Oh, that's fucked up, man. When I got back to jiu-jitsu, I couldn't use the leg. Because, of course, I didn't. Hello there, everybody. Now, I know you're probably thinking, what happened? I was listening to an amazing podcast and suddenly it broke off. Well, to tell you the truth, um, my recorder stopped recording after exactly one hour. It just stopped. And in the words of Bob Ross, uh, I don't think it was, an, it was a mistake. I think of them as happy little accidents. As the universe telling me, this is your opportunity, and it is. It is an opportunity for me to tell you about Fight Fans. Fight Fans is coming up now in October here in Amsterdam, and it's going to be an amazing martial arts exposition. Now, there's a lot more I can tell you about it, but I would like to keep the mystery. So stay tuned to Cauliflower Philosophy, and check out their website. And a lot more beautiful information will come out about Fight Fans. Also, this is my opportunity to tell you about Browse. Browse has graciously helped this podcast, this humble, humble podcast, in being able to go further and farther away. As one of their official ambassadors, you can check the website, I'm here to tell you about how awesome their products are. And it truly is. It's not me selling my soul in any kind of way or uh, giving away something. No, no. I will honestly represent things i truly believe in and browse is definitely one of those things that i believe in now i check out the website check out the website and go over there and there's a coupon code that they gave us graciously gave us it's kali 15 and you'll get a discount on anything in the store just go check it out have fun go crazy buy one buy two buy as many geese as you need and there's never enough geese. I mean, how many geese do sh you should have? One more than you already have. Love that. Also, I'm here to talk about Apex. And Apex has uh, is made by a very good friend of mine. And uh, they bring out awesome MMA gear. They're bringing out awesome stuff. They work diligently and perfectly. It is uh, amazing stuff that I would recommend to anybody that wants to buy MMA gear grappling gear as well 
check them out it is absolutely worth it all the links for these things would be up on the website and you can take a look at them all right thank you everybody so so much for all the attention you have given me and enjoy the rest of the episode so before we fell off a little bit and i had to restart mm-hmm. um, i was telling that that's how i really got into like half guard usage and before when i started jiu-jitsu the whole team was already half guard mm-hmm. then i jumped out of it because i got bored and i did spider guards and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. I stopped and then eventually i got into got hurt my knee got hurt and of course i didn't do any kind of surgery or a little bit of physiotherapy i went to really good physiotherapists that okay. gave me just a schedule of things to do mm-hmm. and that led to me doing uh, going back into only doing half guard now one of the reasons that i didn't operate and everything like that because i went to all the physiotherapists in brazil like uh uh, they gave me an option. They said, you have to operate, you have to operate, you have to operate, you know, mm-hmm. because that also makes them money because it's also every pr- clinic there was is basically private. Okay. And public hospitals will do it as well, but there's um, not a waiting list necessarily, but, and it's really good. Healthcare is in Brazil is very, 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 very good. But there was, um, the, 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 they would operate me and then it was done. But I wanted the follow-up for sports and everything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went to a really good physiotherapist guy, also the jujitsu. He says, oh, yeah, 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 I know that problem. There's two things you can do. You can either operate or you do a lot of physiotherapy and make sure that your muscle around that area is just so ridiculously strong. And do yoga, do everything you can, you know, and you should be fine. I mean, the tear that you have was clean. Mm-hmm. Don't see any future problems in it. As long as you take care of what you have, you know, you take care of your knee. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and I'm like, oh, but it's going to take too long. He, say, he looked me dead in the eye and he said, if you want to go faster, I can give you steroids right now. I said, prescription steroids? He says, no, no, illegal ones. Wow. <laughs> but he was a friend. Okay. So, um, and, and, and I said, like, what, you give me a prescription, I can just pick it up? He says, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you. And I'm wow. like, I don't want to use steroids. That's mm-hmm. bad. And only dumb people use steroids and mm-hmm. meatheads and everything. Like he looked me in the face. Every single person you see fighting in the world today at least is doing it or got caught doing it or is going to do it or some <laughs> kind of way. Like they were everybody, like the famous words from Nick Diaz, mm-hmm. everybody's on fucking steroids. Yeah, there and are it, exceptions though. There are exceptions, but they do. Musashi never used. I there you for go. Sure. There you go. There's there's this other thing that if you, if we take away talent, what you need to get better at jujitsu mm-hmm. and what you need to get better at MMA is mat time. Mm-hmm. But we all get injured every single time in every yep. five minutes for sure, and that takes away from mat time. Mm-hmm. So the unfairness I would say from steroids is the fact that you you use them and then mm-hmm. instead of having just one or two trainings a day, you can pump it up to four, and be fine. Be fine. Listen, I'm telling you. So I, I said, I don't believe in steroids. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. He opens up a little desk drawer, grabs a patch, grabs my arm, puts the patch on my arm and says, this is a 24-hour testosterone patch release. Try it out. Tell me what you think. I what, said, a patch? What, what, a patch, like a nicotine like a patch. Oh, really? Yeah, a nicotine patch. Really? Most insane shit I've ever seen in my life. He Did put it, it on my arm and I was like, ah, this bullshit is not going to work. I'm going to tear it off as soon as I'm out of here. But I said, hey, thanks and everything uh-huh. like that. Said him, he gave me the whole thing. He gave me the days I should go back for physiotherapy and everything like that. And he was an amazingly good physiotherapist, by the way. Mm-hmm. Did the patch work? 
I walked down the building, walked outside and said, I'm not feeling anything. And then it hit me. I was, I was like, oh my God, I feel more of a man. <laughs> and that's actually, it's the truth. Really? It's the truth. It's oh, like wow. literally, it's like man juice is pumped into you. And that sounds the <laughs> gayest shit I've ever said online on podcast. <laughs> and I don't mean, but it's, it's like, uh, that's it. I don't want to, I don't want to encourage anybody to do any kind of steroids. I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but, at it it's it does work it mm -hmm. does work that moment was the moment i was like okay i get it mm -hmm. i understand you know because you suddenly have an uh, uh, what it feels like an, uh, uh, the ability to tap into unlimited amount of power okay you feel like you have the ability to you're more aggressive but not aggressive in a bad way you're more aggressive like in a manly hierarchy way okay you your muscles respond much better you sl i slept like a baby i slept like a baby and yeah that was that was that was an, um, a good experience it's like how people here in the netherlands would go like oh you know what you should do mushrooms i think mushrooms are more dangerous for you in a certain kind of way than you putting a patch on your body and suddenly wow. getting more of what makes you a man into you yeah. And that is that is literally it. Do I condone it? No. But let me say it like this. The moment I hit a certain age, mm -hmm. I'm going to fill my ass up with TRT <laughs> replacements. What, what, what age is that? Huh? What age is that for you? A little bit around 60, under or above, yeah. depending on what my what my blood levels will be. Yeah, okay. I want 60. Okay. I want to I want to be I want to be something like that. Mm. If I hit 50, and something happens and my testosterone goes all the way down mm -hmm. then i might start then but that is the, the the age where i start really seriously considering it okay just put a needle whoop. no no second thought about it because wow. if i consider the fact that i want to keep training this for the rest of my life and that mm -hmm. i need it because yeah. i probably have an adhd brain <laughs> <laughs> so i need that once a day complete tiredness complete rolling i always mm -hmm. look for at least one a day to have a really hard sparring session mm -hmm. because i know it calms down my head mm -hmm. and the rest of the day the volume of the world is turned down a little bit mm -hmm. and i can get all the work done that i need to do wow. you know and mm -hmm. i know that if i start getting older mm -hmm. if i maintain the same brain i'll probably walk up into alcoholism or something like that yeah, so we don't want that so if the option is then to do trt hey why not mm -hmm. But again, to everybody out there, I can't tell you what not what to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. And if you decide to do anything ever, research the fuck out of yeah. it. Research the fuck out of it and no, take your that, own decisions. Yeah, that's that's the issue with me, man. I've been I've been training weights longer than I've been doing martial arts, and mm -hmm. I've I've never stopped. I've always been at least more than thirty years of weight training, always consistently, like. Mm -hmm. From from twice a day to to five times a week to whatever. Oh, that will do. Always a, been busy. That will do a number on your joints. Yeah, it does. It does also. But I've always I've had people around me who've done it. I remember my uh, former weight training partner. I was like seventeen, and he was eighteen, and he was on all that stuff. He could squat two hundred and eighty kilos. Shit. He was yeah, like full deep. Like he was, but he had 
all kinds of issues from it man he had like impotency he was like aggressive his voice would would just disappear and go high pitch he would get a female nipple growth he would have a heart and rhythm disease you know like like mm-hmm. heart rhythm soreness it it was just yeah he had and, and one time he told me like yeah it's it's not scary man i'm gonna show you how to inject and, and then he, he showed me what he did and how he injected into his buttocks and it didn't go well and the blood just shut out on the wall <laughs> and then he had like 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 uh, uh two days later he, he came to me he's like look at my butt man look what happened he's like a third butt was growing on his ass because he injected wrong and to me i was cured i was like ah fuck that shit i don't want none of that you know uh, i've seen that happen so many times too where somebody just hits doesn't get into the muscle but mm-hmm. gets just out of it and then they inject and then they can't sit for a week <laughs> <laughs> oh, i used man. to die laughing about those guys <laughs> and it's but it's the truth it's not it's it's only a temporary thing that that let's say it like this to to scare everybody off once you do it you'll never get the same results again yeah but the thing is because also it 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 it, I did so much research. It slows down your own testosterone production uh, because your body's noticing like, hey, uh, you're already getting this, so I don't need to produce. So it's like a vicious circle. Once yeah. you're in it, it, it it's going to be really hard to just step out. You know? And then your body needs to recuperate that the same amount of testosterone every exactly. single time. And, it's fucked and up. Because then the, the people who see that, they're like, hey, man, I'm not making the gains now that I used to be. I'm not making the progress that I used to. So yeah. now I have to take it again and again and again. And You have to maintain it. Yeah. And that's the thing. But at a certain age, I think that maintaining it is... Um, if you do it to 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 have a certain amount, mm-hmm. there's there's calculations you can make and take the the right amount, the mind, the right level, the right mm-hmm. thing, and then you can go good. Or you can eat fucking healthy and live healthy, and that's yeah. another little yeah. thing that you get. And and accept but, the fact that you're getting older. That's another. But that's risk. also the thing, you know, eating healthy, and even if you try, you can still be fucked like royally. Like you know what? I'm just gonna eat. Uh, only veggies and then like uh, I'm gonna be e- eating so much healthy veggies yeah with a lot of pesticides and uh, there's yeah, not nowadays, able to wash off nowadays it's, it's yeah hard. and now I'm gonna eat fish because fish is good yeah and they ate Former all the plastic king. in the ocean and now you're gonna get uh, skin cancer disease yeah. and it's like every time you find something that's good somebody's gonna find some other research why it's bad for you so it's so hard to find like a balance in what's really good because oh a lot God. of people think vegan is good vegan does not necessarily necessarily mean healthy all right all you vegan motherfuckers out there listen <laughs> no i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> no but it's so true because like yeah it's vegan so it's healthy vegan can still be loaded with sugar yep you know because sugar is yeah. not an animal so they're like yeah well I, I approve of the whole vegan kind of uh, living mm-hmm. and i will give you a very good example of uh, vegan living mm-hmm. in a second um just going back to the um, to the whole steroid use thing, mm-hmm. um, there, it, the the one thing I wanted to say to it too, it also fucks up your joints. Mm-hmm. I remember friends of mine mm-hmm. telling me, they said like I'm I'm a little bit in a conundrum situation because they didn't say the word conundrum. They were dumb as fuck. They still are, <laughs> but they said they're a little bit in a in a conundrum, which is um, the 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 muscle growth helps the joint, mm-hmm. but the steroids itself dries out the joint. And then you get like, now you get you get muscles around it that can keep the 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 joint, but whatever else. But that's right? why they tear, because also the the 
the ligaments the ligaments aren't tough enough to hold the muscle muscle. yeah and that's really that's you see how that turns into a thing but vegan stuff um my sister was born in jamaica Mm. and i remember my father bringing me was able to go into one of the camps one Mm -hmm. of the rastafari camps Mm -hmm. that was the most clean living vegan kind of food i've ever seen mm-hmm. everything they were going to eat they took off the trees naturally yeah but that's there you go that's not mass produced and that's the difference you that's know? the difference and it's really hard especially in the netherlands to get something like that mm-hmm. something that you well, unless you grow it yourself but yeah. if you grow it yourself there's still a chance that yeah you know what i mean but i mean because yeah. I, I just went to greece i just came back from greece like yeah. a few weeks ago and you're still brown, ladies and gentlemen. You have to see the brown Adonis God-like figure that I have in front of me right now. <laughs> and we took like the first restaurant outside of where we stayed, and and it wasn't the best looking. But we were like, like when we got there, we were like we're just gonna take this. It turned out to be the best restaurant because even all the locals would come to eat there. Oh, that's amazing! And the guy who has the restaurant, uh, he. It's Angelo's and it's Mr. Angelo. It's a whole family thing. He has his own farm. So he grows his own tomatoes, his own chickens, his own. So everything that he serves you there, he grows himself. Now, that's that makes a so. world difference food wise. Because I remember after the first day, I said, wow, this is really good. And my girl was like, yeah, this was great. I want to see if there's better. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have to go to the white restaurants with the blue thing and and the handsome guy or the handsome girl standing in front trying to talk you inside you should yeah. go to the place that doesn't look so appealing with an old guy standing there and that's where you need to be because it's about yeah. the food not 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 the ambiance you know there it is there, yeah. it is there it is but then it comes back to the thing from what 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 the hell should we do at this point to maintain our health and everything like that and mm-hmm. uh, Keep working out, trying yeah. to eat, try to eat healthy, you know, Do your just best. try yeah. and try to wash the pesticides off as much as you can. Because I still think my little one, God bless him, Alexander, love you, um, he's free now. And we think he's allergic to um, uh, to strawberries because yeah. uh, he ate strawberries once and his eyes closed. He looked like he'd been sparring for five oh, rounds no. and and it's everything swole up and, and it just he really looked like he, he yeah, it was really bad. But somebody told me it's probably not the strawberries. It's probably the pesticide that was on the strawberries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that makes right. a lot more sense to me. Than the strawberries, because I've yeah. never heard about strawberries, yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. allergies. So we're, we're going to do an allergy test uh, uh, pretty soon with him, but he was too young mm-hmm. for it. But uh, we've been avoiding it, like the plague, like no strawberries mm-hmm. for him, none of that. But uh, Old school Brazilian kind of thing is a little drop of bleach in a lot of water, mm-hmm. and then you wash your shit off in there. Yeah, all your legumes and everything like that, because yeah. that will peel a lot of stuff off. Wow! But they, we even sell in Brazil. They even sell like a little special bottle mm-hmm. of like already pre-mixed bleach, literally bleach and water, wow. with the right amounts dosages on it. Mm-hmm. And then if you do a little bit of drops of that in water, mm-hmm. and then you put your legumes and your fruits in it, you will actually see the layer of pesticide come off. Wow! And we don't have as many pesticides over there as here because our food rules over there are uh, i think a lot more stringent in a way and a lot Mm -hmm. more free in another way like Mm -hmm. here in the netherlands you have to like there can't be this on it that on it this on it that Mm -hmm. anything like that and there over there there's like you can put pesticides on it as long as it doesn't kill people you know as long as it's like just put the very minimum necessary pesticide on there so that the legumes won't actually kill people but like nobody really cares if there's a little worm in it (laughs) (laughs) holy shit 
you know it's like a, it's a little bit more natural so the fruit is there i miss it <laughs> hey man what what uh we already talked about the fact what brought you to jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. what makes you keep doing it um well it's it's uh it's my passion it really is and it also uh i really wanted to make my mom's a is a teacher she teaches ballet she has been teaching ballet she's 80 years old she can still do a full split wow. she's still in uh, in shape and not involuntary because her hips are giving out but just because you know she's still able to do it hmm. and um with me it's just i also wanted to make from my hobby my work and i've been able to do that and i really feel blessed it's just uh, i had to make some sacrifices i told my girl or my wife <laughs> she was my girl back then and i told her like um, I don't want to work anymore. I just want to focus on my sport and be good enough to teach. And, and I don't want to work a nine to five anymore. I'm not made for that. I feel like my body's dissolving as I'm sitting behind the desk. I have I know to, that feeling so bad. <laughs> I have to do what, what, you know, as far as we know, we only have one life and, uh, I have to really make, make of it what I want and, uh, just, just teach. And, I mean, I have a son. My uh, wife works a lot. Uh, I don't work that much. It's just I am doing what what I love to do, and uh, I like to make people better. Uh, like like yeah, with Haisam, you can see, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's he's so passionate, and and everything that I taught him, he's able to uh, uh, to imply and, and 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 use, and that gives you back energy if you if you teach somebody something and you see he's able or she is able to use that uh yeah that gives you such good energy back if you have somebody that that you're trying to teach a move for like 18 months and they cannot get that one move down it just like drains all your energy you're just sucking you dry but no man i love it i uh i love jujitsu uh it's just i have i have a ton of uh injuries and i try to because i teach mma now i try to implement the whole game like you know uh, how to respond uh and and, and normal jiu-jitsu is different than jiu-jitsu for mma of course so uh yeah 10th Te- planet helped me a lot with that um f- finding that system and using a lot of those moves and it's, it's yeah it's still a beautiful sport and uh, i even if and even do it with my son in a playful way now i'm not trying to i mean he's free his, his attention span is all over the place he wants to watch digging machines and excavators the whole day all day you know so but i i, I put him in a you know i put like uh i'll put him in a crucifix and and i'll just say uh get out yeah get out you know I, i'll just put him in a body triangle i said he said dad let me go i said no you just fight out of it and just push the leg yeah yeah, yeah. and th- th- then then he's out and that's just like that i mean it's it's and I'm like, well, at least you're practicing your escapes. And and there's a lot of things he's doing naturally. Like, like I think it's in his DNA. Because if I, like, bear hug him, of course, I'm not squeezing him. I'm not, like, fucking an idiot. But, I mean, if I'm holding him, and in, in order to get loose, he will just take my thumb and twist it the other way. You know, just yeah, out of... Yeah, you're supposed of, to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I love it, man. I think uh, it's one of the most beautiful things. And, and the funny thing is it's a sport that's ever-evolving. It'll never, ever stop evolving because you can do certain moves your whole life and then years later you see a move and it was like three millimeters divided from the move you were doing. Like, man, why have I 
did I ne- why did it never come to my mind to do that movie? Too, now too everybody's true. exactly you know and they're so like right now the the buggy choke like yeah. everybody's doing that now like it used to be like ha i have sight like oh shit i have sight should i take sight you know it's like there's yeah it's, I, it's, i get pissed off nowadays when people like, and then what about buggy truck i said learn how to pass first please yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, I that, I, it was with berimbolo too the same thing like people were like i came here to learn berimbolo i said you have to learn how to maintain that guard closed I had, first <laughs> i had the same one of the one of the things i really wanted to teach myself and i was training with uh, denny smith at the time we were training at least four hours a day six days a week uh, non-stop for for almost two years uh, and then come home watch five hours of instructionals like every day like religion like non-stop yeah. and just drill 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 and we taught uh, the Ibanari Ibanari role mm-hmm. uh, back then when I still had a forehead of hair oh and shit yeah long time ago <laughs> long time ago bro and uh, then he's in his 30s now and he was like 16 or 17 then so yeah it's a long time and the flying armor, uh, Romino Sato did it, uh, and we saw it, and we were like, "Wow, well, I gotta learn that." And then we learned three different ways of doing a flying armbar, and we just did at least fifty to hundred flying armbars every day, just every to day. just to get that. Because it was such a fucking awesome move. Yes. It was just like as soon as you grab my neck, you're fucked. Yeah, but what yeah. is that driving thing that tells you from like out of all the other things I could be doing, mm-hmm. this is the thing. I think I think the beauty of of the art it, it used to be in the beginning it was fighting to me. Mm-hmm. I I've passed that phase a long time ago that I see it's, it as fighting. I don't see it as fighting anymore. It's, it's, it's behind just, me as well, but I could never mention it in a way like never never actually say it's never put it into those same words. No, but it used it, to be like yeah, I know how to break someone's arm and I know how to twist mm-hmm. someone's neck, and now it's just like trying to. Uh, create different flows and different paths and yes. not, you don't even see it as as joe rogan once broke it down like really well uh, basically you're trying to kill each other or tear somebody's limbs off and just before that they're gonna say yeah you got me and then you stop and that's basically what you're doing but you're trying to do it in a beautiful way so it's it, when you think about it it's really twisted and sadistic. Yeah, yeah but it's i don't I, i can't even see it like that it's like such a i want to make you choke but in a very sophisticated beautifully beautiful way. way yeah i know what you mean and there's yeah. a, there's there's a lot of times during rolling where i where i would just give up what would be a good position mm-hmm. fighting wise mm-hmm. or like because it's not beautiful enough or i didn't do it in yeah. a nice way or it's not like Oh, this doesn't. This didn't flow as mm-hmm. I wanted it to. This was a little bit of struggle to get it, so yeah. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Did you also ever have like? Because um, one time I had a student who came to the gym and he was like, uh, "Yeah, so my bucket list that I want to pass out. I want to be choked out. I want to know what it's like." So I'm like, "Hey, man, you ask, we we deliver." <laughs> so I'm like, I I put I put him in an RNC, and I, usually I never do this because I don't want to be an asshole. But he yeah. asked me to, so I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. So I just I really put it on, and I never put on anything at 100. Never, not the choke, nothing. And at that point, I just squeezed for all my might, and within two and a half seconds, he was snoring. Yeah. Really, I put it. Yeah, really snoring, yeah. and then. Um, Then I brought him back, and he was like, "Huh, huh? What happened? Oh, okay, yeah. Now I can put it on my bucket list of of my bucket list." Like, goddamn uh, it! 
Yeah, and and but honestly, the the, the sadistic part of me was like, ah, oh, that was kind of actually kind of mm-hmm. nice. It's not like you're gonna do it more often, but it's nice. It's to know good to can... know that it works in that exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. I had I had I had a guy ask it to me too, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. People go like, I said, are you gonna get a boner if I start doing this <laughs> or something like that? No, but he was really one. He's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it doesn't work. I said, like, hey, if I do it and if I continue squeezing, you're gonna oh. go out. And I told, and he's like, okay. You want to do it to me, and if mm-hmm. I go out, it's fine. It's mm-hmm. okay, and everything. It's okay. We're going to do it a little bit in a controlled fashion. Mm-hmm. Like two people will be watching. Put your hand up. If mm-hmm. your hand goes down, mm-hmm. I will consider you knocked out. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? He says, okay. I put the rear naked choke in. His hands were like here, and literally, when the moment I I, I thought by myself, wait, I don't have to slowly apply pressure. I can actually do it now. And then I just locked it in, and when it locked in, it was like so squeeze, and it, within the shortest amount of time, people were gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, gone. yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. I remember one time, it's so funny. Like uh, Gino Cruz, he's the manager of uh, John Winter. Also, yeah. um, he used to uh, be a student of mine uh, mm-hmm. when he still fought MMA, and he was all armbar obsessed. You know, so I remember he told me a story that uh, his mom had a date with a guy <laughs> and this guy did kickboxing and he was already he already stopped fighting mma he was already basically a retired mma fighter and then uh but the guy was like so i heard you did this and that and he was like uh yeah and he was like yeah jujitsu doesn't work on me it was one of those guys yeah so gino was like i bet you okay does. well i think it, i know it will so why don't we roll a little bit and then the guy was like uh yeah okay so long story short he broke his arm no no yeah he broke his arm just before uh, and i think also because the guy didn't know what tapping was so mm-hmm. he just and gino always liked put on arm bars pretty hard so yeah. he did and then uh yeah and i said and he was still supposed to go out with your mom he said yeah they still went out on a date but they first went to like the hospital yeah <laughs> so I, he's like yeah but he said it didn't work on him like man you have so many people who are ignorant to this yeah really ignorant like how can you like like what's the first ufc how you think like 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 more than 20 years later it's still not working on you yeah are you, are you retarded man you know? let me tell you guys something if if a good jiu-jitsu practitioner even a wrestler mm-hmm. closes the distance on you i don't care how good you are at boxing i don't care how good you are at kickboxing how good of whatever it is that you do the moment that distance he will wrestle fuck you he will jiu-jitsu fuck you it, it is not if you have zero knowledge, you're dead. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You have to learn this if you want to be a good martial artist, if you want to fulfill like that martial arts thing. Even if you are not interested in it, learn it. Mm-hmm. Learn and I it. think for women, it's the best self-defense mechanism. Oh, no better. Because better. if a man wants to rape you, he's going to be in your garden. And then if he's he goes in Exactly. exactly. It's, it's so done. It's, it's the perfect sport. You it's know? There, your... <laughs> A nice way to like say to be become unrapeable. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's it. Definitely. That's it. You can do so many things, man. In jiu-jitsu, it's it's limitless. You know, and uh, I think that's the, old, the other thing that really attracts us to it is the fact that there is no no learning it. There is no learning it. Mm-hmm. There's a, yeah. at a certain points you know a lot, then you mm-hmm. hit a wall, and then afterwards you go like, well, yeah, let me start over. That's and the it, only thing and, I know. And just like when I see you teach, you can teach so many things. And then I might not even know one of those things. Even I had the I've same shit with you. Exactly. I, had, I went to your class and I was like, oh my God, maybe I know the 
one specific part of it, mm-hmm. but never in a sequence like that, or never in like I'm, I'm looking at some moves that you explain with the simplicity, like yeah, this is normal. I said no. This is not normal. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I know that brain. <laughs> and yeah. it's a, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I think we yeah. keep learning more and more. And then and to this day, if I go to, I enjoy going to other people's classes now, mm-hmm. see how they teach. Mm-hmm. There's always something that I go like, ah, I never knew this drilling form, or I never knew this way of fighting, or mm-hmm. I never knew this way of doing something. Mm-hmm. It's a never ending story. It's yeah. a never ending story. I yeah. think that's the, the thing that really attracts us to it. There's mm-hmm. something there that is literally infinite. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't yeah. you can't do all the moves or anything yeah. like that. Eddie Bravo said it once really nice, like you can't learn all jujitsu. It's impossible. You like you need like three lines times continuously in a row to learn everything. It's not possible. So you have to try to learn what works for you. Yes. You know, and take those elements and that's use a good them. question. Yeah specialize yourself mm-hmm. or learn everything yeah. which one do you think special you can't learn any everything it's mm-hmm. impossible there are or more like than 10,000 moves learn as much as should we say like this learn as much as you can mm-hmm. or specialize yourself so take that sequence of things that you know your body is made for that works i think, and I think it's a combination of both okay it's learning as much as you can and then trying to find your way in all those things that you know like okay because you're gonna fall down to certain moves anyway okay you know you can know so many moves but when you start rolling you're gonna be falling back to certain moves like hey i see this one i see this one and maybe later on when you get back home like man i was there why didn't i go for this why did i, why did I go for that because your body's used to going for that move you know so it's it's usually a response of how your body uh, is used to respond in that situation all right you know that's what i think would you also say if we consider drilling the mechanical part so Mm -hmm. getting your the mechanics really down to drilling is everything or Mm -hmm. sparring everything because sparring then incentivizes the creative part and the actual action part yeah but i think you have to drill first like crazy before you can amplify it in sparring because your body has to already be used to using those movements and then you once you're put in the scenario of sparring you will recognize the positions and your body will react instinctively if you don't drill and you only spar you're not gonna get any better it's like if if i teach sometimes i teach a move in my class and then uh, it's new for for two students and then they did it three times and now they're trying to fight out of the move yeah it's not working if he's fighting i said you don't know the move yet you know so of course he's gonna get out of it yeah first you have to learn how to apply it and how to do it and then you can try to get out of it but right now learn the move first yeah yeah okay okay you know so there's 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 a little difference learn how to drill yeah i think drilling is everything and then go into sparring yeah because there's a there, there was a certain point where people were saying like don't drill just fight and spar and i get that because uh, let's say it like this but you already have got to have a skill set then yeah because it's like um like with Hayson, like in in, in last mm. class he, he was like he looked at me he said coach you tell me what to do i said okay go for this go for this go for a triangle from mid hook position go for a samurai roll to the back and then take mm. a, a twister uh you yeah. know uh, stuff like that so um you already when you start you already have to know where you're going for i, I remember um 
a long time I was like, okay, I'm only gonna do knee bars and darses. Was a weird combination, but for me it was like, okay, I'm gonna do knee bars and darses. That was my whole thing. <laughs> you were on the extremes. <laughs> yeah. Either I take one part, the top part yeah. of your body, yeah. all the way, everything in between, ignore it. <laughs> exactly. You know, that was my whole thing. Like, okay, either either there or there. I fuck the rest. So yeah, I have the same philosophy, by the way. When John Danaher says like, when feet lock and foot lock and this mm-hmm. is like, why would you ignore fifty percent of the body? I said, do it, do it. Just ignore most of the body and. And focus on that one thing you really like doing to people mm-hmm. and do that mm-hmm. and then connect everything else in jujitsu that you could possibly imagine back to that one thing you're good at and don't don't do anything else yeah. <laughs> don't try look if you're my size and mm-hmm. you're you're older and you're not flexible mm-hmm. don't do bearing bottles don't try to find <laughs> that shit I'm like no use what you know what you can mm-hmm. and what you understand that yeah, yeah. Like Oli Neck only using the Ezekiel, like 28 submission wins by Ezekiel. My teacher was like that. Ah, fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. Fuck him. After five years of training with him consistently, he still got me every single time the fucking Ezekiel choke. Wherever you are, Ari. Ari, wherever you are, fuck you. (laughs) I still, I still. (laughs) It's a fucking Ezekiel joke from everywhere. He got me once. He was in bottom half. He got his. I was passing him and Ezekiel choked me out. Wow! <laughs> yeah, didn't wow, he? He up. didn't do it on the Adam's apple, but yeah. he did it on the side. Oh shit! So you're like, I don't feel this. You didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snore time. And then wow. the next thing I know, he's holding my feet up. Oh wow! That's uh, crazy. Yeah. I remember, uh, like a few weeks ago, uh, Chris Dolman was uh, at our school. Yeah, uh, you know who he is. Chris yeah, he's I heard like, of him. I he's like a legend in Holland. He's like uh, the godfather of free fight or, or MMA oh, right. in uh, in Holland. And uh, what's his name again? Chris Dolman. Yeah, I heard of him. I heard yeah, of him and he and his grandson were at the gym, and he, he saw me teaching. And uh, then he came to me. He was like, "Where did you learn it?" And I was like, "Well, I started here, but I basically taught myself by watching so many instructionals." And he's like, "What? You never fought?" I'm like, "Well, I, I battled a lot, but it's not like." Because uh, he all thought I only watched the instructionals and never even touched the mat. I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. Mm. Uh, um, but then he was like, well, I think what you're showing is really, really skillful. And I want my grandson to take your class. So to me, that's a huge honor. Yeah, if somebody course. like, like you know, who's, who's that decorated tells me, because he can send him to any school. Yeah. You know? And then that he says, no, I, I like the way you teach. I really like what you show. So... You're very, uh, you're very talented. Yeah, it's, it's I well, then I take a bow and I say thank you. And uh, it's nice because, um, yeah, it's I'm still self-taught, you know. And that yeah. also, it it. Uh, what's the what's the downside of that? Uh, I don't know if there is really a downside. To it's be. just it, it's just I never because I don't have a belt. Yeah. I've never labeled myself. I've oh, never. That's right you know, so, let's say it like this. Uh, I always said I'm a white belt forever. Yeah. Because why? When you're a white belt, everything's new. You mm-hmm. want to learn. It's awesome. It's something totally. And I wanted to keep that mind state always, even though I'm 20 years of doing it. Yeah. You know, and and only like yeah, I already have that. I know this. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. The 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 thing is like I, I would have asked on the basis of comparison but mm-hmm. i don't think there is any because you're self-taught mm-hmm. from the beginning mm-hmm. you battled everything out and tried everything out on the mats as mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. then what works works what didn't work didn't work exactly and then like what else so let's say like this with um today is like 
do instructionals work to make you learn and understand everything that's going on? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. But and, and I would have asked, would it have been better to have a teacher or not? That's the basis of that is a comparison, but there's nothing to compare to. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, um, when you have, it, it really depends on how you watch it. But um, I think by having an instructional, it sounds weird, but you have a teacher. Okay, you can ask him direct questions, but if I didn't get the move or anything, I would rewind maybe that piece a hundred times, a hundred times. Until you got it. Yeah, so... Until I got it. Exactly. So in that sense, it's a lot better because there is no other teacher in this world that exactly. would do the exact same. Exactly. Exactly. Because times. if you're my teacher and I'm in your class, I cannot keep asking you the same question. Oh, after the fifth times. time, I'll tell you to fuck off. Exactly. Because <laughs> the other students also need attention, and you don't have the energy or the time span to be like, "Dude, yeah. uh, uh, my class stops right now, mm-hmm. and you've been asking me the same shit." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, but I still want to learn. I really want to learn this yeah. move." Yeah. Well, so sorry. Come back next time. Uh, so for me it was just rewind rewind VCR style rewind 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 till I got it there was one move from Robert Drysdale I had an instructional and um, I I couldn't get it down I watched it like 40 times and every time I did it it didn't work it failed somewhere and I was like fuck and I I wasn't like okay fuck this move I learned a different move and there's so many more moves I was like, no, I have to get this move. I want to see what am I doing wrong. And I just broke it down. Okay, where is his foot? Where is his hand? Where is the, how is the posture of his opponent? Is he, is he, is he slouched over? Is he standing? Where's his foot? Is his point, his foot pointing forward? Is it pointing a little bit to the outside? Just every little detail until I got it, until it worked. And I'm like, and then when I finally got him, like, okay, now I got this move. Now I want to learn something else. Yeah, I, have the same thing. I have the same thing. Oh, now I understand it. Now let's never do it again. <laughs> no, I just do it much and as... I tried to hit it rolling also. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then after you hit it a couple of times rolling, you're like, ah. Uh, yeah, what, cool, what else is like, there to no, do? No, no, no. I wanted to do other stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Let's say if there is a, what are the top names? Because one of the things Top I do is in yeah, regards to uh, let me let me say it like this: there's a lot of the a lot of the guys that are trading with me right now. When I say like, yeah, you should watch the video from, let's say like this Rodolfo Vieira. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. like, who? I said, what do you mean who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you telling me? Mm-hmm. Or when I say uh, Fabio Gourgel, or mm-hmm. when I say Marcelo Garcia, or mm-hmm. when I say even. When we say Kit Dale from mm-hmm. Australia, mm-hmm. or when we say um, Josh Barnett, Mikey Fowler, Mikey yeah. Fowler, yeah. we take all these guys that like the, the home man, yeah. Lovato, yes, Lo- Lovato, yes, right? yes, one yes. of the first Americans. Bralio Estima. Bralio Estima. When I say these names, people are like, what the fuck? Who are you talking about? We don't know any of these wow. people because people only know Gordon, oh my John God. Danaher. Oh my God. It's it's there is a very a big lack, especially in the older or in the, in the newer guys mm-hmm. that know. If I tell the older guys that I've been in there around for a while, mm-hmm. most of them that have been in touch with Brazil and most of them that have been standing doing it as long as we have, they know. Yeah. Like you say a name and like the list of moves comes in our head immediately. Exactly, yeah. And Jean Jacques Machado yes. and the Machado brothers Brilliant. and what Brilliant. they did. Yes, and Carlos Machado. Yes. And the, the the Gracie family that went one way, and the other guys that went the other way, and Eddie Bravo, and all those mm-hmm. like Yuri Simoins, and all mm-hmm. these guys. What are the best? What do you say, like this, guys? If you want to start learning, good stuff, good mm-hmm. jujitsu. What are the? Let's say, let's give it like a top ten name, so you can freely fill it in however you Oof, want. Wow, it's so hard. In, it's instructional like... based. Instructional based could be too. 
it's so hard because I think jujitsu has also taken a different route from what it used to be. Yeah. Um, because like the whole, uh, I, I think standing passes is much more uh, from nowadays than it was from back in the days. Yeah. You know. Um, so it because really back in the days you you'd be you you'd fall if some if you start trying to pass somebody like 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 standing like exactly. you you're gonna get swept immediately and you exactly. or somebody's gonna get up on you and just throw you down exactly. remember yeah. terere and jacare yeah of course of course yes yeah yes. people are going like who the fuck yeah. are these people they're talking about terere like, against uh, marcelo that he that he oh, tapped marcelo in a triangle i was like oh oh shit. no yeah i remember i was like he just tapped the god like <laughs> really yeah no, top 10 instructionals. Oh man, that's so hard because because uh, I'm old school, I'm probably going to name all kinds of old names. Uh, yeah, but that's good uh, so people get their history down. Uh, well, first, <clears throat> I don't know if I can be like, put it in a random order or I have to be like... Uh, you can put it in the order you want. You like uh, Because well, going top 10 is mm -hmm. difficult, but let's say like top nogi, top mm -hmm. this, there. everybody is very good in their specific I'm, kind I'm, of language. I'm all nogi, so uh, mm -hmm. I have watched a lot of gi instructionals also, but I just uh, created uh, different um, uh, entries for myself when I say they would grab the sleeve, I would grab the wrist, when they say they grab the lapel, I grab the neck, because I would yeah. just change it up like that. Um, back in the day, Michael Yen had a uh, had really, oh. really, really interesting uh, ways of going about things. I think Marcelo is, of course, brilliant. Uh, Marcelo Garcia. Marcelo Garcia, of course. There's only Why Marcelo, mm -hmm. in my in my opinion. Um, I really like Eddie Bravo, especially if you're uh, MMA minded. Uh, it's it's a whole world, tenth planet. It's a whole world, uh, you know. Uh, I learned a lot from Mike Fowler. Um, mm -hmm. He was uh, back in the day when he was bringing out his instructionals, like no gi made easy and stuff like that. He was using Ryan Hall, and Ryan Hall was kind of the the grappling dummy. Ryan Hall wasn't yeah. really in the picture then. He was still like up and coming, and and Mikey Fowler was the man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I really like Mikey Fowler as well. Uh, Robert Drysdale, also uh, good things. Damien Maya, for sure. Uh, doesn't matter if you're gi or no gi, because everything Maya shows is... Um, Hybrid. Yeah, yeah, you can adapt it to uh, no gi. Uh, um, that guy also was somebody that, that went under the radar in the jiu-jitsu world, but oh, in the no, MMA so. world. But if you see his jiu-jitsu fights, you're yeah. like, oh my God, this man is like a... He's brilliant. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, and, and that's what disappointed me kind of in Maya. He killed everybody in the UFC. Just He just pulled half guard and then it was like, I'm going to sweep you, get on top and, and uh, take mount, punch you out. Hmm. Or I'm, uh, you're going to keep base, I'm going to take your back and, and I'm going to choke you out. Yeah. And he did that like for his first five fights and then he came to Holland. He's like, no, I want to be a full fledged MMA fighter, I'm going to work on my kickboxing. I was like, why? Why would you why? Ever? Why would you do that? You're but, so fucking brilliant. But that's and also, then he started losing. Yeah, because yeah. that's also the, the, the question. Because then you, you're going to start trying to do something that other people are way better at than you are. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But I also think it's a question of views and interest and mm -hmm. in UFC mm -hmm. because he never really got a good title shot. No. Especially, But why? Because if you don't know Jiu-Jitsu, that shit is boring as hell. Yeah, yeah. And then if you have a very good wrestler with great striking and you can't take him down then he has a problem yeah you know true. so yeah 
Um, but uh, top 10. Yeah. We have a couple already. We had like five, six names come Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, I don't want to miss anybody, but like, oh, why didn't I? Oh, yeah, Jeff Glover. I think Jeff Glover oh has God, really, really. Another good. genius. Yes, another definitely genius. genius. Yeah. Shows so many things, so many interesting things, so good. Um, uh, yeah, Estima also. Braulio Estima. Estima, yes. Yeah. He also showed beautiful things. Um, uh, Hobson Mora, who had, had good oh battles. Oh my God, you good pulled battles. that one out of the, yeah, out of the Grimo almost. Yeah, yeah. But he was, he, and he had, uh, he's the one I learned S-mount from. And I showed. Uh, I, I learned butterfly from him. Yeah. Yeah, he's one yeah. of the best butterfly players yeah. I've seen. And S mount, uh, I remember John was like, "Yeah, I never get arm bars because every time I have mount, I go for arm bar." I said, "You lose the arm because they pull the elbow to the mat." He said, "Exactly." I said, "Okay, go to S mount." Then that. That's and not since then. Anymore. And then he, he used it in his MMA fight, S mount, and then he went belly down. Yep. And he took it. You know, I said, "You're not gonna lose the elbow if you take S mount." And it's funny because he had a lisp. You know, uh, um, Hobson. So when he's playing, we go to S mount, <laughs> and then, and then, and, and, but it 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 was it was so brilliant. You know, um, another one who I learned a lot from uh, was Imanari Masakasu. Yeah, Imanari is. You know, because it, that's the funny thing with instructionals. You it doesn't have to be in English. You just see, need to see the moves. You just need to see the moves. Um, I cannot forget him. Uh, Goku Kavinshin, the Hayastan system. Yeah, very good sambo. But I've always been like, it doesn't matter to me um, if it's if it's catch a sketch can, uh, luta livre, and jujitsu. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter as long as it works. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like, no, it's not jujitsu. So I'm not gonna use it. No, so, is it, you know? I have that 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 mindset went yeah. went went away yeah. after a while. Oh, and one I I watch a lot a lot lately, and I really like, and I think he's one of the most brilliant brilliant um grapplers in the world and i really love his instructional and, and that's the one i'm watching a lot now is gary tonin gary tonin is a really good guy he's a really good guy i he think he's, he's more interesting for me for me than gordon definitely yeah definitely yeah. especially because he does the whole range of mma and, yeah. and and the whole thing of that and i think he's also a much nicer person yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. a much nicer definitely. person and yeah. after i saw his fight against tokinho i i had yeah a, that's one of my favorite oh, oh my, my god, god. gary tonin against tokinho that oh was oh, god, that hey crazy. that literally that, that that's the only fight i watched like like i was watching a, a scary horror movie or something yeah. like that. that was insane the slams and not complaining the and, slam oh is god. not and the heel hooks the yeah. just the one after <laughs> The other, everybody yeah. was hooking each yeah. other for yeah. for breaks. They weren't yeah. going easy at yeah. all. They were going for breaks. But that was that was so gutsy on Gary's part because Tokinho was known for for being kicked out of the UFC because he just crippled guys. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like an Eng English language barrier that the ref is like break. He's like yes, I'm trying to break. <laughs> and 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 you know just he says yes, give me a second and I will break. And he's like no, I mean let go. And maybe should have they should have told him let go instead of break <laughs> maybe it'd still be you in the ufc the, the problem the problem with 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 uh with with tokimo isn't that he's just uh, it's a caveman it's yeah. a caveman yeah. it's a yeah, <laughs> it was so a language brutal. barrier but then no. gary just going for his legs like Gary trying yeah. to tap Tequino and that was so gutsy man was there like, was a, wow, if really you think good. about it gordon had gordon 
for you to see the level of fighting that was, Gordon Ryan took Tokino's back and stayed there for what felt like an hour mm-hmm. and couldn't get any hook in nothing. Nothing. It, it, they stayed forever in that position. Like mm-hmm. he took the back, he didn't let go anymore mm-hmm. and was just like trying. And Tokino just closed up with those huge muscles and said mm-hmm. like, nope. And that was like an hour of, of, of defense technique <laughs> and an hour of attack technique going on. Crazy. Um, I, I definitely feel that Tokino is just uh, mm-hmm. a little bit not, not made for these times. Sorry, uh, um, instructional wise, Javi Vasquez. Javi oh, yeah. Vasquez uh, was in uh, Eric Paulson's uh, CSW camp, a combat uh, submission wrestling camp. Yeah, Javi uh, Vasquez showed me a lot of a lot of stuff that I still use today. Yes, Amazing. for sure. I had to I had to mention it. Yes, for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. It just came to mind. Beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I we have a little bit like last last thing. Mm-hmm. Then our time is done. Mm-hmm. Too bad because we can go on for hours. I can feel. <laughs> um, what, what somebody that started off right now. What should they do to improve? Because one of the things I get is like people saying like, I don't know what to do. And how do I know that I'm improving? Wow. Be patient. There's no it's, way. It's in, enjoy the journey. Embrace the journey. Hmm. You know, jujitsu can be the most frustrating sport the first year and a half. Because everybody's tapping you left and right. Yeah. Everybody's choking you girls. Especially girls, because girls got the worst jokes in the world. Because yeah, their, because their arms are so thin, it just slices Don't right to it. the jugular. Yeah, horrible. You know uh, the one that trains with me? Yeah, the one. 